Under Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and truth from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither did he that fable and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith and faith, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain vainglory, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they attain. But we know that the law is good, and if a man use it lawfully, Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he's coming to be faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your mercy. God, we come and come live. You know how tonight, Lord, that we might bow down before throne of grace, Lord, and call upon the name that's above every name, Lord, your blessed holy name. Lord, we ask now, Lord, we stand where no man that dare to stand alone, God. We ask that you might speak to your people, that you might breathe on us tonight, God, that you would empty me of every sinful and selfish thing, God, that you would fill us with your spirit, that you would do a great and a mighty work in this place. Oh, God, we need you tonight. Lord, apart from you, we're nothing without you. We can be nothing. God, we are in desperate need of you tonight. Lord, would you help us? Would you save that sinner that's lost and undone without you, God? Would you draw your people closer to you, Lord? Would you let us grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? Father, we love you. We bless your holy name. We glory in you. We magnify you. We want to adore you. We want you just to lift your name on high and lead with a newfound love and a deeper knowledge of you, Lord. Would you help us now, God? Would you speak for your people? Would you revive us? Would you restore us? Would you refresh us? And would you help us now, oh God, in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. We find ourselves here in the book of 1 Timothy, and we find who's writing in. Chapter 1 tells us, Paul, an apostle.
person of Jesus Christ. Paul is writing this book to Timothy, whom he calls in uh, verse number two, his, his own son in the faith. Simply because it was probably Paul that led Timothy to the Lord, so he's calling him his son in the faith. And Paul is writing this letter to Timothy to teach him some things, to warn him of some things, to show him some things, to help him understand some things of God and some things about the Christian life and the Christian walk. And he's writing to Timothy, and he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God. So we see that Paul is not just writing his own words. He's not just saying what he wants to say, but rather he is saying exactly what God would have him to say. He is speaking the very words of Almighty God. He's writing them down. So just an introduction, we see that Paul is writing. He is writing the commandment of God our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Aren't you glad the Lord Jesus Christ is our hope? If you want hope tonight, you're not going to find it in a man. You're not going to find it in Washington. You're not going to find it in a church. But you're only going to find hope in the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace. You know what we need tonight? We need grace. We need mercy. And we need peace. Don't you want grace, mercy, and peace? Where would we be if we didn't have grace? Where would we be if we didn't have mercy? And where in the world would we be if we didn't have any peace? What kind of world would we be living in without grace, mercy, and peace tonight? Because we need those things. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. So Paul is writing to Timothy the Word and the very mind of Almighty God here in this book. We are reading the mind of God. Because this Bible is inerrant, it is infallible, and it is inspired. It is God's Word. And Paul is writing down the very words and wisdom of God. What if we greeted each other like he did Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace and mercy and peace to us? What if we greeted people like that? You know, we see people, we try to run away from them. We see people and we, we don't see them very good. No wonder sometimes that people don't even want to walk in the door of the church house because we're not greeting with grace, mercy, and peace. So Paul is writing. We see not only is he writing, but in verse 3, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogy, which minister questions, Rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned, from which some have been swerved and turned aside unto vain genuine desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. Not only is Paul writing, but Paul is giving a warning. 
he is telling Timothy, there are some people that are going to do some things that are contrary to sound doctrine. See, not everybody in our day is living up to sound doctrine and believing sound doctrine. There are many false teachers. There are many false preachers. There are many people that are following after a false god and a false doctrine. How much even more is that true in the day now in which we are living in? How many people are there just following after strange things and strange gods and strange idols? So Paul is giving a warning. See, many people don't want to be warned anymore. Many people don't want to be charged. Many people don't want somebody to tell them what's going to happen if they continue doing what they're doing. But tonight, Paul, in, on the authority of God Almighty, is giving a warning from God Himself. And He is warning of those that do things contrary to sound doctrine. Look at verse number 3. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus, for Paul's wanting them to stay at Ephesus. And when he went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine. He's saying, Timothy, you need to teach them. You need to tell them. You need to warn them that they don't follow just after anything, that they don't just follow any man, that they don't just trust anybody, but that they put it to test with the things of God. But tell them not to just follow after any doctrine. Matter of fact, tell them to follow after no other doctrine than the doctrine that is here in the Word of God that is found by the Lord Jesus Christ. Tell them not to follow any other doctrine. Tonight, we are not to follow after any doctrine, but that is found in the Word of God. Sound doctrine, true doctrine, that's found in this Bible. No other doctrine. He's giving them a warning. Verse 4, neither give heed. Don't even give any time to it. Don't give any thought to it. Don't even recollect it. Don't even consider it. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies. Don't give any thought to those stories and those man-made things they want to tell you. Those false doctrines. Give, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. He's saying we need some godly edifying in faith. We don't just need to have all these questions about these false doctrines and these stories, but we need some godly edifying in faith. He's given a warning. Verse 5. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of the pure heart. And of a good conscience. And of faith unfeigned. Saying the, command, the law is not given. The law is given for restraint. You see, we have a law from God so that there's some things that He tells us to do and some things that He tells us not to do. But there is a great purpose to the commandment of the law of God. And He tells us in verse 5, Now the end of the commandment, He's saying the purpose and the reason for this commandment, the whole reason that God has spoken into us, is for charity. Your heart. So the very reason that God gives us this law and this commandment is for the purpose of love. It's not so that we can hate. It's not even so that we can judge. But rather it is so that we can love others as Christ has loved us. 
with love, with charity, out of a pure heart. You know, that pure heart, we need some holiness in our churches. We no longer believe in holiness. We just believe, you just do what you want to do. We can live how we want to live. But no, God said, be holy, for I am holy. We need some people that will be followers of righteousness. He is giving a warning. He says, it's the whole reason for the law. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience. Do you have a good conscience tonight? Is your conscience clear? How's your fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ tonight? Is there clear communion with Him? Pure heart and a good conscience. And a faith unfeigned. How we need some children of God. You see, Timothy, he's writing, Paul is writing to Timothy, who is a believer in Jesus Christ. So as we read this as believers, if you're saved tonight, you read this, we need to have some faith that is unfeigned. We need to have a faith that won't step aside, that won't waver, but that we will trust God. Not swerve from what He told us and what we have learned about. Faith and faith. From which some, having swerved, have turned aside into vain gain, which is basically scattering noise, useless sound, empty words. How many people in our day are just speaking empty words? Just those religious thoughts and actions that have no reason, have no purpose behind them. Don't just speak vain genuineness. Don't just speak with empty words and do pointless things with your life. But have that faith that's unfeigned and don't swerve from the things of God. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. The law is good. If a man use it lawfully to do it right. Then we read on verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Why does a righteous man need a law? He doesn't. But the law is made but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that divide themselves in mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. And if there be any other thing that is contrary sound doctrine. So we see Paul is writing. Paul is warning. But then we get to verse 11. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which was committed to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that in counting me faithful putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly, ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul is not only writing to Timothy, Paul is not only warning Timothy, but tonight God is witnessing to Timothy. He is writing a witness down for us. He is telling his testimony to Timothy. And tonight, as we read this testimony of Paul that is to Timothy and to us, it says, according to the glorious gospel. We need to get back not to just calling it a gospel, not just saying it's something, but saying it's a glorious gospel. Because how glorious is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? How wonderful is the gospel of our Savior that died, buried, and was raised again? How glorious 
speak to God. It's a wonderful thing. We need to get back to calling it the glorious God. The glorious gospel of the blessed God. Or we need to get back to calling him the blessed God. Not to just say God, not just saying the man upstairs, not just saying the big guy, but we need to get back to heaven reverence for this Christ, holy God of heaven, and respecting him, and giving him what is worthy for his name, and calling him the blessed God. The glorious gospel of the blessed God. It's not just of a God, but it is of the blessed God, the great God of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. The blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Paul saying, I've been entrusted with the gospel of Christ Jesus. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Aren't you glad that God has allowed us just to have a little part, just to take part in what God is doing in the day and hour in which we are living? Brother Cole, aren't you glad that God has counted us faithful enough for you to be here to pastor this flock, to lead God's people, and to trust you to preach the Word of God? What a thought that God would enable us to be a part of His ministry and His work. And we ought to thank Him for what He's done for us, just for calling us out of the darkness into the light and letting us do His will and do His work. What a thought that we would be able to serve this God of heaven. What an amazing ministry. Who was before blasphemers and the persecutors and injurious. See, we shouldn't look down on everybody else because we were once the same way. Paul says, God kept me faithful now. God has placed me. God has changed my life. But I was once in the same place where some of those were at. Because he said, I was once a blasphemer. I once wanted nothing to do with God. I was cursing God. I was seeking after worldly pleasures and worldly lust, and I did not want anything to do with God. I was a blasphemer. Do you remember where you were before he saved you, before he called your name, and you were following the world, following the devil, doing your own will, but now you're changed? Saved and delivered. We were once blasphemers and persecutors and injurious. But he said, But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. Aren't you glad that you obtained mercy in the sight of Almighty God, who is just? And the grace of our Lord was so exceeding abundantly faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad you have exceeding abundance? Amazing grace, I see this morning. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. Coming down from the Father above. That amazing love that He showed toward us, that He loved us with all of His heart that He died for us. Paul's giving his writing, he's giving his warning, he's giving his witness. Well, this is where I wanted to get to tonight. And this week, we, we dealt this morning with the thought of lies that the devil told us, but and all of the Bible, we understand it's truth. The Bible doesn't contain truth, but it is truth. It is the very words of Almighty God. 
book of conveys that Paul said a few times he used this phrase in 15, this is a faithful saying. And Lord willing, this week I want to deal with just a few times that Paul said this. He said, this is a faithful saying. And I want to deal with this thought of faithful sayings for the Christian life. Faithful sayings for the Christian life. So we look here and we find a faithful saying in 1 Timothy chapter number 1. A faithful saying for contrary times. Because he is talking about those who are going contrary to sound doctrine. These people are going astray. They are wandering away from the very things they've been taught and the very things they know to be true. But among all of that, he said, this is a faithful thing. And worthy of all expectation. That Christ Jesus, I love this, that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief. Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief. And look at verse 16. How be it? For this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on the him life everlasting. So why is Paul saying it's a faithful saying? Paul's writing Timothy saying this is a faithful saying. He's saying, Timothy, there's some things that you need to be, that you need to be true to. This is a faithful saying. Number one, this is a faithful saying that we need to proclaim. We need to be proclaimers of what is being said here. Jesus Christ came to the world to save sinners. Should we not be sharing that story? That Jesus Christ died on that cross? Should we not be sharing that very glorious gospel of this blessed God? Should we not be telling others of what Jesus has done for us? How He has changed us. How He has saved us. How He has delivered our soul. How He has saved us from those eternal flames. How He has set us upon a solid rock and established our going. Should we not be proclaiming the Word of God? We should be witnesses. You see, God has saved us for His glory. And He now, for His glory, wants us to be a picture so that others, like the preacher was saying earlier, so that somebody sees something in us and they say, I've got to have whatever it is that they've got because there's something different in us that they see and we act different, we talk different, we walk different, and they want whatever it is that we've got. And when they find out what we've got, they find out that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And they find out that if He can save us, that He can save them because we were the worst and God can save anybody. This is a faithful saying. We need to proclaim. We need to be proclaimed of the God. This is a faithful saying. Worthy of all expectation. Christ Jesus. Some of the old faith sinners come after me. How many of that on the spirit back? Instead of being so prideful and arrogant to say, God saved me, I was worthless. Oh, we need to see that we were undeserving and we were unworthy of every bit of it. Tell them, hey, God saved me and He saved you too. Proclaim it. It's a faithful saying to proclaim. Verse 17. Now, under the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise. 
God, the honor and glory forever and ever be. Some say amen. Amen. This is a faithful saying that we need to be proclaimers, but this is a faithful saying that we need to pray. We've lost that spirit of worship, people. People no longer come to church to praise God. We no longer come to worship God. But we gather in this place just as somebody says, well, we saw so-and-so at the church. We come to church just so we can hear some singing. We come to church maybe just so we can hear some preaching. We come to church just so that we can get out an hour later and go back about our daily lives. We, but you see, praise and worship is not simply something that lasts for an hour. It's not just something that you go to church and you do, but rather it is something that you live by. It is something that you do over and over again. How we need some Christians that will stand up and say, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise God because He's worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise. He's worthy of all the adoration. He's worthy worthy of exaltation. He is worthy of magnification. And we just want to make much of Jesus and glory in Jesus and lift Him on high. We need some people to worship. We need some children of God that will lift their hands toward heaven just to give Him some praise and to give Him some praise for what He's done, for who He is, for all He's capable of. Recognize who he is and you start praying. You recognize that this is the great God of heaven. So we probably don't praise anymore because we don't think of him as he really is. But tonight, if you would just think about who he is, who is he? He's the king eternal. He is immortal. He never dies. He's always been and he always will be. He is Alpha and he is Omega. He's immortal. He's invisible. You may not can see him, but he is there. He is working. He is doing great and mighty things behind the scenes. He's immortal. He's invisible. He's the only wise God. You see, because beside him, there is none other. And he is the wise God because we may be foolish, but our God is wise. He knows all. And He works everything for our good and for His glory. The only wise God. Hey, you may have some other God. That was a wise God. <laughs> the only wise God. The honor and glory today. Nope. The honor and glory forever. Forever. so holy that He should get the glory? Is He not so great and mighty that we should worship Him in spirit and in truth? What a God that we have that is worthy of all excellence, all glorification, and all the honor and all the glory. What a God. This is a faithful saying. We should be proclaimers. We need to proclaim. We need to pray. Then lastly, now watch number 10. Verse 18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to 
the prophecies that went before on thee, that thou might by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith and made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to love He's simply saying they had to uh, have a lesson that good. But we get, we look at verse 18 and 19, we not only see these sensational saying, we need to proclaim, we need to pray. But lastly tonight, this is a faithful saying, we need to pursue. We need to pursue. He said in verse 18, this charge I commit unto thee, he's giving us something. Giving us something that needs to chew on, giving us something that needs to apply to his life. And tonight, that same thing he tried to give Timothy to apply to his life, we need to apply it to our life. This is a faithful saying. According to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou might by them mightest war a good warfare. We need to pursue. See, I said it this morning, we are in a battle, we are in a war. We are daily fighting against that enemy called Satan. We are fighting against these rulers of darkness and this, this Satan that has the power of the air. We are warring against him. And how? It's not the time to lay the sword down. It's not the time to give up. It's not the time just to quit and walk away and say, God, I'm done. It's not gonna, It's not worth it. Nothing good's happening. And just to run away on God and to give up all hope. But rather, it is the time more than ever to keep on keeping on and to keep serving God and to follow after God and to seek after God more and more each day. It is time that we not only, we not only just live, but we strive for the glory of God. It is time that we walk on in Jesus' name, that we get our head up, that we march on for the glory of God, that we might fight a good fight and keep the faith for the Lord Jesus. Verse 19, holding faith. It's not time to quit your faith and to give up on your faith. It's not time to doubt God now. It's not time to worry about if He's going to come through. Because there's no need to doubt Him now. He'll make a way somehow. Time to pursue. Holding faith and a good conscience. Which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. You see, it is not the time to waver. It is not the time to falter. It is not the time to just quit on God. But it's not, it's not time to shipwreck. You see, there's been many that have quit. There's many that have walked away. They've made shipwreck of their lives. They've ruined their testimony. They've walked away from God. But now, more than ever, church, it's time to go on for the glory of God. And to persist. Not just proclaim them one time and then say, well, I told somebody about Jesus about 20 years ago. But it's time that every day we wake up, we find somebody and tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. Over and over again. It's time that every day we wake up, we are in a spirit of worship and in a spirit of praise. When we say, 
do get the glory, get the honor, and get the praise. And it's time that we do it continually. We do it constantly. We do it over and over again every time we breathe for the glory of God. This is a faithful thing. We need to proclaim faithfulness. We need to praise. We need to pursue. Don't give up, church. Don't give up on that lost loved one that hasn't come to know him yet. Keep on fighting for him. Keep on loving people. Keep on telling people. Keep on serving God. Keep on cleaning the church. Keep on preaching. Keep on singing. Keep on doing whatever it is that God has put you in. Whatever he's called you to do, just keep doing what he told you to do. It'll be worth it all after all. This is a faithful faith for the Christian life and the Connecticut time. Just because everybody else walks away, don't mean you got to. Just because everybody quits on God doesn't mean it's time for us to quit on Him. But it's high time that we just keep on going for God. This is a faithful faith. Christian life and concrete life. Stand all the way next to our soul. Thank you for the day. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for that grace and peace. Thank you that and that will we yet finish Christ died for us. That Jesus came in the world to save sinners. God, help us to proclaim your word and your love. God, help us to praise you and worship you. God, help us to persist and to keep on doing what you've called us to do. Blessed be your name, Lord, draw us, save us, Lord, we need you. Jesus, come. Heads about out of the place. He's going to come. Maybe tonight you don't know this Savior. Would you come and be saved? Tonight, today is the day of salvation. Don't cut it off. Because the Bible shows you how you can get to know this Jesus. Maybe tonight you haven't been witnessing and telling others this good news. Why don't you come? And just commit yourself to that which has been committed to you. And say, Lord, help me to tell him. God, help me to share you. Maybe tonight you haven't been praising like you should. Why don't you come and just worship? Even if you have been praising him tonight, we can never praise him enough. Why don't you come and just worship God tonight? Just bow before his holy presence and his great power. Maybe tonight you proclaim and you praise, but you're feeling weary. You're feeling tired. You're going weary and well-being. Why don't you just come and call on this God who has the power to keep you going? The one that will sustain you and provide for you so that you can carry on what He's called you. You want to come to Him like He's coming.